Hi, my name is Jeremy Jensen, and I'm a public school educator in the Denver metro area. I'm on a quest, a quest to learn from as many educators out there as possible about the innovative approaches that are making learning authentic and meaningful. It's a very different world today than when our current education system was established, and I've been incredibly fortunate to have had opportunities to get to know some amazing educators who are working tirelessly to adapt to this new and evolving world. One common thread among these inspiring educators, I've come to find out, is their ability to balance both a passion to make progressive change with a humility and understanding that they don't have all the answers. Hence the name of this podcast, Humble Badass Educators. It's often easy to identify what's not working in our current education system, but it's a lot harder to figure out what changes really are having the most success. I invite you all to join me on this journey to hear about the secret sauce from the educators out there we're positively impacting our landscape. In fact, that's the point of this show, so that these ideas can hopefully be spread far and wide. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining me today for a very special episode of Humble Badass Educators. Today, joining me are not one, but four guests uh, two students that are seventh graders at Embark Education here in Denver, Colorado. And we also have two bike mechanics at Framework Cycles joining us. Now, this whole idea was actually um, the idea of a couple of these seventh graders to do a podcast that's going to feature these mechanics. And we will get into why they are such humble badasses here in a minute. But first, let's start with our two students, Oliver and Jay. Oliver, would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what makes you a badass? Yeah, hey, um, well, I like cats and uh, computers. They're good combinations, except for when cat hair gets in computer fans. <laughs> what makes you a badass, Oliver? Um, well, I'm on a podcast that's going on Spotify and all the other platforms. So uh, I think that's probably at least one thing. Yeah, absolutely. I know you have a lot of very badass qualities, and you're also clearly very humble, so you're a perfect person for this podcast. Let's hear from Jay next. Jay, welcome to the podcast. Uh, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what makes you a badass? Um, hi, I'm Jay, and um, I like doing parkour, and I like gaming and computers. What makes you a badass, Jay? I feel like doing parkour is pretty cool, and I feel like computers are kind of interesting what's parkour it's like jumping from stuff and like sometimes flipping and i think that's pretty cool uh yeah i can uh, attest to jay's flipping abilities we have been in our advisory jay has been doing our closing of all of our team chance for our olympics advisory olympics with doing a backflip and it's outstanding well, guys, again, thank you so much for joining uh, me for the podcast here. Um, I would also like to introduce our two mechanics to you today. We have Jake and Morgan. Hi, thanks for having me. Hello, thanks. Absolutely, it's my pleasure. Thank you guys for joining us today. All right, listeners, um, because this whole idea for this podcast was coming from our two seventh graders, I'm going to have them ask a couple of our questions to our mechanics here today. Um, Oliver, would you like to ask Morgan our essential podcast question? Yeah, uh, Morgan, what makes you a badass and where does that intersect with humility? That's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think something that makes me a badass is my dedication. Um, 
I am someone who, when I put my mind to something or when my heart gets involved with something, I will see it through, um, through thick and thin. And um, uh, how that intersects with humility is that often my dedication is not ego-driven um, and is to other people or causes that are greater than myself. Thank you so much, Morgan. Uh, Jay, would you like to ask Jake our essential podcast question? Jake, what makes you a badass and how does that intersect with humility? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Um, I guess I could consider myself a badass when it comes to resilience and, and risk-taking. Um, I feel like I'm resilient because I've been humbled over and over again, time and time again, and I have a good attitude about it. It's, you know, really what drives me to succeed is, you know, the fact that I never get anything right the first time and that I'm willing to try again and learn from my mistakes and, and keep pushing forward. Thank you guys so much. What humble badass answers that you guys have both provided here. Um, Oliver, I know that you had a, another question that you'd like to get started with Morgan here today. Would you like to ask your question to Morgan? All right, Morgan, how did you find out about Framework and what made you want to work at Framework? Well, during the pandemic, I lost my job, as many people did, and I was looking for something new, and I found Framework in a Craigslist ad. What drew me to it was that it was different than being just a standard bike mechanic. I was tired of being a standard bike mechanic and um, the ind industry was wearing me out and the idea of working with students in, um, in a school was what drew me to the position. Jake, how did you find this job and why did you want to work here? Uh, yeah, I had worked in the bike industry for about eight years before I saw the job posting to help open framework cycles. And similar to Morgan, you know, there were things that I was quite frankly burned out with in the industry, the, just the seasonal overload, the, the pressure for sales, um, and you know, some of the kind of cultures or attitudes that get brought in there. Um, but the way the position was posted, it seemed like a totally fresh start, not only to open a new bike shop, but to, you know, I love the bike industry, I love bikes, and to be able to help create the environment that I think promotes, you know, the best aspects of cycling. Um, and to be able to work with students along the way, just, yeah, seemed like a, a dream job. That's awesome, and Jake, You've been with Framework uh, pretty much ever since Embark has been around, correct? Uh, yeah. Uh, Framework's grand opening was the same week as Embark's first full week of school. So have things panned out to be exactly how you envisioned, or has that changed and evolved over time? So I came on the summer before we opened our bike shop, before we launched our first school year. and. Yeah, I thought it was going to be an amazing opportunity. I thought I'd open a bike shop that I'd, you know, maybe proctor some technical workshops. Uh, but really, the progress we've made as a bike shop 
as a school to really, really lean into what our shop and what Pinwheel Coffee has to offer and really give students agency to, to make real impacts has actually far surpassed any of my expectations coming in. I had the same kind of experience that when I came in, I thought we would be doing a lot more, and this is how you overhaul a bottom bracket, and this is how you rebuild a hub, you know, like going through the mechanics of a bicycle and was pleasantly surprised to find that we were di diving a lot deeper into a lot of different elements of both bikes, the industry, and the communities that surround bikes and the projects that we have done so far have been a lot more like learning and challenging and interesting for me personally instead of teaching the same mechanics over and over again. I'm really glad you brought up this idea, the subject of, of projects, because I want to ask both Oliver and Jay over here, what are some of the projects that you have seen um, through our school sort of like show up in the shops? What have, what have you really liked so far that has been connected uh, to framework? Clearly, you guys have like requested and, and are super interested in framework and requested this podcast to happen, right? So this last um, project, our science cycling project, we went on this like big bike ride at this like where was it again? Bear Lake Creek Park. Yeah, Bear Lake <laughs> Creek, and we did this big bike ride, and we were like everyone did our their different experiments and stuff there. And it was really fun because we get we got to like take apart bikes and like do different stuff with bikes and also go on a bike ride at the same time. What were you experimenting? Um, well, me and Quinn didn't get to do our thing there because the scale died. But everyone was like, someone was doing like something with CO two and seeing if a like CO two canister could fill up a bike tire, and then someone else was like doing like puncturing a tube in a bike or something like that and fixing it or something and yeah how about you oliver any projects that are connected to framework cycles over here that you've connected with well uh yeah i don't remember what it was called but me and jay built a uh, tree out of bike chains it was very fun and the uh, mechanics helped us figure out how that how we would do that so you guys use the chains instead of that was going to like a landfill or something. They instead were repurposed for uh, to help support the environment in a in a cool way. Your tree turned out really well too. Mm -hmm. um, it was a bonsai. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. yes it was. <laughs> Jake and Morgan, how about you guys? From your perspective, um, what sort of projects have you found so far here have been most fun to engage with the kids with? That's a tough question. Um, the science of cycling was really fun for me because I could observe the curiosity that the students brought to the project. Some students who had no interest in bicycles before were suddenly looking at them in a new way and getting really curious about how something worked or what it did or you know what it was called, like a derailleur or something. Um, but one that was also, I'm going to say two, one, another one that was meaningful to me was the socially conscious purchasing where students got to identify some values that were important to them and then find companies that aligned with those values to bring pro new product into the shop. And it's been 
transformational for our shop. We get to talk about our values more and we get to have some interesting new products that we can proudly stand behind. I'm looking at a couple posters over here and products. We're sitting here in Framework together. Um, what are a couple of the companies that you've now partnered with and are now selling products of? Yeah, so one of the group of students was focusing on LGBTQ rights and they found a print company called Transfigure that was able to screen print new Framework Cycles t-shirts and sweatshirts for us. Um, and that's, they're a wonderful small screen printing company that also donates back to the LGBTQ community um, and is trans owned. Yeah, so another one is Tunitas. Um, they make bags for bicycles. So they make a handlebar bag, a saddle bag, and then my favorite is this little um, drink bag that goes next to your handlebar and you can put your water bottle in it or your snacks. And uh, the reason that these students chose that company is because it was women of color owned and handmade in the US and she also gave back to community in various ways uh, at various points throughout the year, um, donating some of her profits to local um, organizations in the Bay Area. Excellent. Uh, what an amazing project. And uh, thank you for kind of giving these plugs to both these companies. And also it's like, you know, really symbolic of what framework does stand for and what we're about over here too. Uh, how about you, Jake? Any projects over the past few years that you've connected uh, well with? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's kind of been mentioned before, but I think both the Science of Cycling project that we just completed, uh, as well as your upcycled art, bike part art project, were really cool and really impactful and really shows that, that we can take a creative approach to both our business and our education. Uh, yeah, and what I really like about those was giving students the opportunity to view bikes and the impact we can have as a community in a more creative way. So we were able to, you know, reduce our impact, saved all our worn out, replaced drivetrain parts, made some really cool art that's still on display as kind of permanent fixtures in our shop right now. And, and similar with the science of cycling, really approaching bikes through the scientific method. And also while we're doing that, answering a lot of questions customers come in with. Now we can talk about, you know, what works better for, for punctures? You know, is a tire sealant, uh, is patching gonna work better for you? Uh, yeah, we can tell them, you know, how much PSI you can expect if you're fixing a flat on the road and using a CO2 canister with different size tires. Chain lube was another really cool one. What keeps your chain the cleanest? Uh, so yeah, I think it's a, a really cool way to engage with our customers now that we have this finished product showing, you know, on a TV in our store and on Embark's YouTube page. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a fun conversation. I think like what's super impressive is that all of these projects sort of have a different twist or angle, right? Like um, there's learning happening around like the actual operations of a bike and testing out the actual bike itself. But then 
with the socially conscious purchasing project, we're taking that business sort of lens and thinking about the socially conscious side of things there. The art project it involves like another whole different component and like enhancing the aesthetic atmosphere here as well. So. Um, listeners, if you're in the Denver area, come check out some of these art pieces. We have uh, an amazing lamp that's on display here and will be for a long time that was actually used with a local artist uh, welder. Um, we have some rainbow painted um, bicycle wheels uh, that are in an archway above our thresholds. Um, and then we used a bunch of cogs uh, and painted those. And those are actually on display over at our sister shop, uh, Pinwheel Coffee. And so if you're hankering for a latte, just come on over to Pinwheel Coffee and check out both of these art uh, displays that are, uh, or all of these art displays that are on display. I want to go back to Oliver and Jay here for a couple minutes. One of the other components, besides just like this embedded project work, um, is something that's like available every week and has been for since the beginning of the school year, and those are shop shifts. Would you guys mind explaining the idea about what shop shifts are to all of our listeners out there? Well, um, shop shifts and framework are like, it can either be a shop shift where you're finishing your like cards for framework, or it could be a shop shift where you're helping, helping them fix bikes and like, or you could be cleaning wheels or cogs or getting out new spokes or it's just a lot of fun. How do you, do you make that decision or do the mechanics help you make the decision about what you're going to be working on for that time? Well, you can either sign up for a shop shift that's a fixing or a card shop shift and you get to sign up for a shop shift whenever you want where there's open time and whenever you're free to. Cool. And you tend to come over here to the framework side of things instead of pinwheel? Well, sometimes I don't even sign up for shop shifts. I just come over (laughs) and... I mean, yeah, I did a few shop shifts in pinwheel, but I just don't like, for some reason, I don't like talking to people and taking orders. So I'd rather just fix bikes. And I like like using my hands and like stuff like that. Cool. So you found a space that kind of really leans into uh, some of the things you enjoy, some of your, your strengths as a person. Yeah. How about you, Oliver? How, um, how do shop shifts tend to work for you? Uh, yeah, I usually sign up for pinwheel shop shifts because I... I'm uh, better at making coffee personally than um, fixing bikes. <laughs> but how how often, Oliver, do you um, kind of sign up for shop shifts, and how does that process work for you guys to select which where you're going to work? Yeah, I usually sign up for a shop shift every two weeks. Um, Thirty minute shop shifts. Yeah. Um, Jake and Morgan, how about you guys? From your perspective, how have shop shifts help to enhance student learning over here? Uh, I think one of the, the most fun parts for me is that it is, you know, I'm not making the students come here and do this. They sign up and they choose, you know, when, where, who they get to work with. And it just makes it so much easier to develop, to develop a relationship with them on a, a personal level. These are either, you know, one-on-one, maybe two students at a time in a shop shift. So you really get to know them. They get to choose to be there. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's easy because we get to do what we want and it turns into learning either mechanical skill sets, um, you know, or different skills for getting, you know, your first job, all, all sorts of stuff. It can really be what they make of it and we're just here to help. 
Yeah, I like the shop shifts because it's another opportunity to be creative. So a shop shift, a student will walk into the shop and say, I'm here for a shop shift. And you have no idea what you're going to be doing in that moment, like whether it's a tune-up or service writing or especially this time of year in the spring. And yesterday I had a student come in for a shop shift and I was in the middle of building a wheel. And that's something that most people don't get to experience any portion of. And granted, he was only there for long enough to do some, some um, tightening of the spokes and uh and cleaning of components but it was it was fun to be like okay how can i fit you into this project that i'm doing um and he also enjoyed it because you don't always get to see that side of bikes or get that deep into a repair how do you help support all students like regardless of what their knowledge is about bikes like people that maybe know nothing about how a bicycle works uh, compared to like maybe somebody that has been working with you guys for like two years now and like really could maybe do some of those these things on their own yeah it's really cool um, you know we're a small enough community that we get to meet the students right where they're at so we can pick up right where they left off and that's different for every single student yeah a lot of different tangents and directions too so I feel like we're almost you know the springboard and and we get to help the student go you know reach their full potential and what they want to do yeah similar it's you know often one of my first questions in a shop shift is what's your experience with this before and any answer is acceptable right like have you taken a wheel off of a bicycle before? No? Great, let's start there. You know, and trying to make sure it's an enjoyable and comfortable experience and not throwing somebody in over their head. Last question for you all, and this is gonna be for everybody. Um, and this is in the spirit of the humility part of this podcast. So I always ask this to all my guests to close off. And this question is not as what's your biggest failure, but what is your best failure um when me and my cousins malachi and zaya were playing around and we were like we chose to go to a trampoline place and we were just having a lot of fun and me and him were just like playing around me and malachi and we both chose to jump in a foam pad at the same time off of the same trampoline and he accidentally double jumped me so i went extra far and i almost went clear over the foam pit because it was a smaller foam pit and I like hit my chest against the edge of the foam pit and it, it wasn't great, but that taught me like don't double jump each other on a trampoline if you don't wanna if you actually wanna have a good time. And another thing it taught me is think of think of your choices before you actually act on them. Wow, what a <laughs> excellent example. Um, yeah, because fun times can often turn into like really not fun times very quickly when choices are made like that. Excellent one. Uh, I think the uh, best mistake that I made last year in sixth grade uh, was me, Jay, and one of our other classmates named Heath. Uh, we decided to try to make a drink uh, as 
one of our projects. So, uh, we decided to make an Italian soda, because I quite like this. Uh, we thought it was going pretty well. Um, thought. Yeah, thought we, it was going pretty well. Uh, but the adults, we made it too sweet, and uh, we didn't know that because uh, we all have a sweet tooth. So uh, the adults told us to tone down the sweetness, but then we thought it wasn't good, so we put it back up, and eh, we, that drink didn't end up getting in pinwheel, we'll say. <laughs> so there was a little bit of iteration there, and then maybe not listening to other ideas. What did you learn from that? What makes that your best mistake then? Yeah, I learned that we should uh, listen to people more than just toning them out. Mm, that's a great one. So, I suppose I don't fully count it as a failure, but it's going to work for this, these purposes, is that when I got out of high school, I didn't get into the college that I wanted to go to, and so I decided not to go to college, and I didn't ever end up going to college. I'm almost 40 now. And I think like my parents and society and stuff like that would say that's maybe a failure to not go to college, but it has put me on a life path that I couldn't be more grateful for. And also I don't want to like judge based on like societal norms or whatever, but if I compare myself to peers my age who have gone to college, I feel like we are in similar places in terms of our successes and our, our satisfaction in life. So, um, so I guess something that I learned from that is that you don't always have to do, take the path that is considered the most successful in order to achieve success. Jake, how about you? Ooh, yeah. Best failure. That's, I think, how I approach a lot of, you know, decision making, whether it's from a managerial point, uh, whether it's working on bikes as a mechanic. Everything I know that I really know, I think I figured out the hard way. Um, you know, when you're working on bikes, you can follow, you know, the tech documents to the no perfectly, but you still have to problem solve. Every bike has, you know, a different amount of chain links in the chain, slightly different chain lines. Uh, when you're repairing a bike, it's been used, there's wear and tear. Uh, so really understanding, you know, each component of a bike and how it works, why it works, helps me be a really good mechanic. And it also kind of helps shape and, and give me the confidence uh, to, you know, approach the business aspect in the same way and the education aspect in the same way. So I think a lot of what I do is, is based on mistakes and doing everything I can to fix them. Excellent. Well, we're going to wrap up here, guys. Um, first of all, 
Oliver and Jay, thank you guys so much. This was actually, this is coming from you. This is your idea, and I think it's a brilliant idea to bring in our mechanics and talk about what's happening over here in these shops. Equally amazing things are also happening over at our sister shop, Pinwheel, but to get started here with you all and our mechanics, to hear about some of the magic that's happening is, is awesome, and you guys did just such a great job here, and I'm so pleased with um, with just this idea about having this interview, and it's been a pleasure having you guys on. Jake and Morgan, um, thank you guys so much for your time. I know your time is like super valuable, especially as we're here in the spring season and things are so busy right now, um, but it's been a delight to talk with both of you guys. You guys are doing amazing things with our 28 students here over at Embark Education, and thank you guys so much for being on Humble Badass Educators today. Thank you for having me. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in to Humble Badass Educators. Again, the biggest goal of this podcast is to share the transformative ideas of what can work in the world of education. So if you enjoyed listening, please take a minute to share a link to this episode with someone you think may also be interested in hearing these ideas. If you or someone you know is also a humble badass educator, I'd love to hear from you as I continue my quest in learning about the amazing things that are happening out there right now. Know that the term educator is not just school-based. An educator is anyone that helps another person learn. Until next time, this has been Jeremy Jensen with Humble Badass Educators. Thanks for listening.